Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Ego Coach Podcast. I hope the universe finds you well today. Um, I do apologize for my two-week um, little hiatus from the podcast. Um, I was kind of dealing with some emotional black holes, as I call them, which just comes from, you know, being intentional and present for periods of time where you're supposed to be focusing on your healing. But um, in that time, I came up with this topic I wanted to discuss, um, desires versus needs. And I'm kind of going in pro on this one a little bit, but that, that's been a topic that's been really prevalent this last year for me. Um, really reassessing what I believe about desires and needs, how I define them, which ones are more important if one is more important than the other. And yeah, I've seen it come up in a lot of my friendships as well. Just this notion of like what we think we want versus what we believe we need. Uh, who decides that? Are there needs that are just inherent? Are there desires that are just inherent to our species? Or are they unique from person to person? Um, I first started, you know, when I started thinking about this topic, obviously what came to mind was uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which, you know, I'm sure many of you have probably heard of. Um, kind of the basic premise being that basic needs come first, such as physiological needs and needs for safety in this category, you know, food, shelter, um, a non-dangerous environment, your basic needs being met. Next would be your psychological needs. So being able to cultivate, you know, a sense of belonging, um, and taking care of your needs for love and relationship, family and friends. In the same category, um, your need for um, adequate self-esteem, um, prestige or feelings of accomplishment for what you're doing with your life. And then at the very top of all this is the self-fulfillment needs. So self-actualization really reaching your full potential, um, engaging in your creative side, um, your activities, and really capitalizing on that existential, what we covered in another episode, but that capital M meaning, having a meaningful and purposeful existence. And, you know, there's, there's been some debate about whether this is universal, um, or if this still Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if that still stands the test of time. And, um, again, as, as per usual, I'm just going to speak completely from myself. Uh, I'm not going to ever claim to have a capital T truth label or stamp on this podcast. Um, this is all just discussion. For me, what I've been finding lately is that needs and desires are actually inseparable. Oftentimes, a need 
as I understand my own life, comes from a subconscious desire to maintain a certain program or conditioning that I was raised on. So let's say the we talked about values versus preferences. Let's say my work ethic, my value on, you know, having a good work ethic. You need to work hard. Well, I've noticed that the need usually just stops there. It's like, if I even ask why, it's like, well, why? And the obvious one is just like, well, um, to be successful, to thrive, to, you know, make something out of your life. It, on a shallow perspective, it seems to tick so many boxes, um, working hard. And yet, um, even just recently, I've noticed how working hard has kept me in some very unhealthy patterns in my life. Um, basically, even though I thought that was a fundamental need to work hard, I wasn't getting the payoff, um, at least not holistically. And, and to be honest, not even financially. Working harder did not make me more money. It did not put me in less debt. It didn't make me feel more fulfilled. And uh, this is an important segment of why I chose this topic is because focusing in on a need without examining your desires or kind of having this war between desires and needs I personally believe keeps us in a state of stagnation. Um, certainly for myself, at least. And, you know, what, what does this look like? Well, desires come and go. Some of them, right? I might have a random desire to, you know, just eat a whole pizza. And... Obviously, my higher desire is to be healthy and to, you know, live a healthy lifestyle. That's what I'm aspiring to. So understanding that not all desires are equal and they don't all have the same payoff is really important, I believe. Um, additionally, I'd say understanding this connection between needs and desires really needs I've come to find for myself are just the construct or the impulse action, whatever you want to call it, that is fulfilling, or at least it thinks it's fulfilling a certain desire we have. So if I were to look at this more objectively with, let's say the, the work ethic, I might say I need to work hard, but really what that is linked to, the desire that's linked to, is to not go hungry. Um, if, I, if I'm just being brutally honest and I'm thinking work, you know, just very not fun work, not fulfilling work. Um, we can get into that later in the episode, but working hard is really... And, I, and I'm talking work as in like financial compensation work. 
working hard is really a means to an end. It fulfills the desire to uh, not be destitute, to not be homeless. Um, more so than like status. But if I don't take time to really analyze that or really understand the desires behind the need that I am pushing for, then the need is just mindless. You know, it's just, it's going to work. It's going to work my system into an early grave. I think a lot of, a lot of people have suffered this, um, particularly, you know, generations that came before. And this is by the way, no dish on, you know, I'm not dissing hard work at all. It's more so just an, an analysis on the reasons we're working hard. What's the desire? Um, I think in a lot of my social circles growing up, whether it was uh, with family or in school, um, particularly coming from a religious family, there was kind of this notion that desires and needs were at odds with each other. Inherently, um, certain desires were good and others were not good. Um, the, the ones that were not good were, I'll use the word sinful or from the flesh. They were lower desires that we ought to avoid. And what I've come to find just through doing my own therapy and even just working in the profession of being a therapist, um, for the last six years or so, I found that the more stringent and uncompromising our super our superego is with our needs and what we need to do, the more ravenous, chaotic, and unreasonable uh, the id becomes. And the id will start scavenging for scraps, basically, for desires. These, you know, quote-unquote lower desires, like just impulsively wanting to pig out on a pizza in my case. Um, and you know, as soon as I do pig out on the pizza, then the super ego is pissed because this is a direct contradiction to his belief on the need to be healthy and to be an optimal shape. So you see how this polarity is keeping us at the very least at a standstill and keeping us from making meaningful progress. And I also want to kind of, you know, again, not going to be dismissing Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, I have a lot of respect for it. I think it's accurate in a lot of cases. But you also see with some people who seemingly have it all, all of their basic needs and psychological needs are seemingly met. And yet, they, you'll still hear of some very successful people that commit suicide. That, you know, that want out. They want out of their existence. And this, this kind of goes against... I believe kind of goes against Maslow's hierarchy of needs to some degree. Um, you know, they say you need to get these basic needs met before you can reach self-actualization. 
Well, if you're not finding self-actualization, even on a, a small scale, and your identity is really wrapped up in not, not what you haven't achieved necessarily, but on the fact that you desire what you haven't achieved like that, and you've developed an identity around that. Oh, I, I'm someone who has not achieved this. I'm someone who has not gone for what they really wanted. Then the other needs kind of become irrelevant, dare I say. Um, you know, and this is speaking, of course, within the parameters of my own context, being born and raised in a Western civilization. So putting that out there as a caveat, of course. But, you know, I, I think because meaning and existential living is so taboo, it's so offbeat, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's not mainstream. People go about believing that if they reach step one and two, that they're basically making it, they're living the dream. And it's not, it's not at all to say that everyone's got one purpose. And if you don't have that purpose or you don't know what it is, you, you have no reason to live. I'm not saying that at all. Um, what I'm trying to point out is that I think in cultures that are very noisy, and I, I would definitely go on to say shamelessly that our culture here in the States is very noisy in general. Of course, it varies from town to town, state to state, community to community. But there is kind of this messaging that you know, if your basic needs and psychological needs are even being addressed and more or less met, that you're, uh, you're doing it. You're doing the American dream. And the self-actualization is more of a distant ideal that keeps you in the rat race. Um, you can probably tell I'm processing this out loud as I'm saying it, um, I rarely write anything down for these episodes, but yeah, I I think that's, that's a result of us just not being able to understand the link between our desires and our needs. What if it was a genuine need for humans to have desires, not just a optional, oh, I feel like doing this and I want to have fun, not just a cheap need or a cheap desire. What if all of them had their role to play in how we achieve self-actualization? And what does this look like? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean dismissing, you know, the shoulds or the needs that you've put on yourself, but maybe more so analyzing them and really analyzing. I know that's scary for the superego because the superego so identifies with his role or her role as the enforcer that wants to keep consistency in your internal system wants to keep you at the version that he or she is most familiar with you being and oftentimes that's the ego the egos are center of our perception of our identity so the superego 
doesn't want us to necessarily evolve past that. If we grow too much, if we know too much, we undermine this part's role, at least in in its eyes. You know, kind of like an overprotective parent, if you will. So this is a, it's uncomfortable work. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I'm going through it myself right now. And yeah, I'm, I'm starting to realize that the more shoulds or needs I have that are really just recycled beliefs um, may not be inaccurate for that matter. But my relationship to those beliefs might be a little outdated. Um, you know, Nietzsche said something um, that always stuck with me, but he said, he who has a why can bear almost any how. And I'll speak for myself, but I think I speak for a lot of people I know in this cultural context in this day and age, I think we are very focused on the how, like, how am I going to make it through this month? How am I going to pay these bills? How, how, how am I going to basically stay afloat? And, you know, if I'm staying afloat, I can distract myself from my unhappiness by, you know, getting drunk on the weekend, by living it up you know, at the bar or, you know, I can basically indulge in my psychological needs to essentially forget the disappointment I am secretly harboring towards myself for not striving for self-actualization, which takes more work. And I don't know that we, I'm not trying to, you know, shame our culture or anything, I'm just trying to be honest. I don't think we have created a space or a window where people can or are even encouraged for self-actualization. When when I hear what, you know, some people on Instagram or just e even some acquaintances, like what they're striving for, it, it seems to be just more bloated physiological and psychological needs that are being met kind of like if I'm successful, then I'll be happy. And success is measured by having a lot of money, um, being able to go on vacation anywhere I want and to have other people see me doing that, seeing me living my best life, no bad days. Right. And it's just, uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't see a lot of self-actualization language out there. And for a while it made me pissed at the culture. Really, that was just my own feelings of anger reflected back on me, to be honest. Um, cause I too bought into that. Um, I too identified with the culture for a while as much as I spoke out against it, there was still this, oh, yeah, but I, I need to make a nest here. I need to make, um, I need this, I need that. And I wasn't listening to my desires. And when I started listening to my desires a little bit more recently, 
um, a more calming voice introduced itself into my system. And I found that I really don't desire to have a lot of money. I felt I needed that to be happy, to feel successful, and to not go hungry. In reality, I desire to gaze at the universe. I, resi- I, I desire to make music. I desire to have authentic conversations and help people navigate through the sculpting of their ego. Um, versus an ego that they can buy at a store or an ego that's been secondhand passed down to them from an Instagram profile. Um, that's what I find meaningful. That's what I desire. Um, the needs in my, I guess, up-to-date philosophy, my needs are to support my desires that might mean doing more tangible things, um, you know, to get by. But really understand what those shoulds are, those needs. They're there to support the desires. They're there to, you know, they might play a big part in that. If I use the metaphor of, you know, an artist that's trying to, you know, paint something the needs might might be the paintbrush um they might mean they might be the the money that goes towards buying the art supplies so you can manifest self actualize your life and i think for myself and what i see in a lot of people is the needs actually become the end goal they become the top of the pyramid And we know quietly in our unconscious mind that we're not, we're not really living what we want, but we don't even know what we want. We know we don't want. And I think our culture has really done a good job at, you know, helping us identify ourselves by what we're against, Um, especially in our politics, you know, because fear and anger are very potent emotions and they, they radicalize people. And I don't believe self-actualization is at the end of radicalization. Personally, I know that's, you know, I'd love to get into a philosophical discussion around that because there's a lot there, but yeah. Um, So if we entertain this idea, if we entertain this notion that needs support desires and desires are only can go, can only go as far as the needs that have their back. How can we rearrange this life that we're trying to build? Um, Do I need acceptance? Do I want acceptance? And where am I receiving that acceptance from? Am I 
Am I needing acceptance from others to compensate for a lack of acceptance of myself? That's probably the case. Do I like acceptance of others because it reminds me of the acceptance I have for myself? That could also be the case. These are some questions I think is important for us to humanly ask ourselves. Do I need to be successful? What does success mean? Is success making it halfway up the pyramid? Having my basic physiological needs met and my psychological needs met? Is that self-actualization? Or is self-actualization a whole nother dimension that I've been depriving myself of? Because I'm too focused on my survival that I can't possibly think about thriving. Well, Camus, Albert Camus, my favorite philosopher, I know I've quoted him before, but um, he said there really is only one truly important philosophical question, the great dilemma, the unescapable one. And this is super taboo, I know that. But he said it's the question of suicide. Is life worth it? Well, that's up to the individual. No one can convince an ego or convince a superego or id that life is meaningful or meaningless. I think people who are not addressing self-actualization regardless of their financial status or place in society or even in the world, people who are not making a diligent effort, no matter how small, towards self-actualization are the people most at risk of finding life meaningless. We know the how. We know how to survive. But maybe the question at some point becomes, why do we want to live? Not what do we want to avoid? What do we want to get away from? And that may not be a simple answer. It may not be a bumper sticker kind of answer that you just carry with you the rest of your life. That might evolve. That might shift. That's okay. I know as for me, I think the most important part is just remembering to ask the question, why am I doing this? Are these my needs or are these needs that support an older version of me, a previous version of me that I have outgrown and that is now holding me at a standstill and keeping me from self-actualization? Thank you so much for listening, and I'll try to have another podcast episode out as soon as I can. Take As always, if you or someone you know believe that you could benefit from doing some individual or couples work with me, I'd be happy to have a 
15-minute free consultation, see if we might be a good fit, see if we might uh, help you live a more fulfilling life on your own terms. And uh, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can uh, do so via email at egocoachllc at gmail.com or by visiting my website at www.ego-coach.com. Have a good one.